The Lord be with you. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus again in reply spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent out other servants saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet, my calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready, come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready. But those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out therefore into the main roads and invite the feast to whomever you can find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there, not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hand and his feet, and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children can come up for a children's homily. Excellent. Today we're going to talk about favorite foods. What are your favorite foods? Maybe you'll have them for lunch after pancakes. Is that what you said? Pancakes are really good. Hamburgers. Oh, I've got a picture of a hamburger here. Is that what y'all you like? You like hamburgers? Pizza. I've got a picture of pizza here too. Who likes mac and cheese? Oh, wonderful. And finally, I brought what? <laughs> y'all like ice cream? Oh, yes. We all like, I tell you what. You cannot be lactose intolerant for this children's homily. They're wonderful foods, and we get to eat wonderful foods, and we like to go to feasts. But in today's gospel, the king was having a feast, and people didn't want to go. They were too busy. They had other things to do, and they didn't come to the king's feast. And so the king said, go out and invite anyone who is willing to come. I have a feast for them. And then people came, people who weren't really expected to come, but they thought were so excited that the king was inviting them and that there were going to be wonderful foods that they all wanted to come. And that's the way Jesus treats us. He always invites us to come to him because he has good things for us. Sometimes we're too busy and don't notice, but he is always calling us to enjoy his feast. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later this morning, okay? I remember as a kid growing up as a Methodistocostal, and uh, I would often hear preachers talk about the heavenly banquet and how there was going to be ribeye steak and, and wonderful things, mashed potatoes with real gravy, and all the great things that we're going to have in the heavenly banquet. 
And I hate to disappoint you, but that's not what the heavenly banquet is all about. It's not going to be some kind of super version of earthly food. It is something entirely different, but it is very good. Let me share you a personal story. One day I was, I was having a prayer time with my family, and it started off just like a, just a typical prayer time. I'm sitting on the floor with my wife and my girls, and we're having our prayer time. And then at one point, everything changed. The room I was in and my family all kind of seemed to fade away. And I found myself in the throne room of God. It was an immensely powerful experience. And I really can't describe it in words because we don't, we don't have words to describe these things. But I'll do the best I can. I saw God as some kind of infinite energy or power. Moses described God as the Shekinah, some kind of a, a brightly shining mist. And it was this immense power that was God's presence. And it was so bright. It was, it was made of light, filled with light. And I understood what St. John the Divine said when he said in the New Jerusalem there'll be no need for sun or moon because the presence of God will be the light. And surrounded by God were the heavenly host, all the angels and the saints. And they surrounded him not like in a 360 degree circle but like in a giant sphere of infinite proportions, this enormous sphere of all the hosts of heaven and what was happening is that the glory of God, the energy or the power of God was emanating from the throne of God, from God's presence, and it was passing through all the host who were gathered there. And the power of God would pass through them and then come out of them back into the presence of God in praise, and endless praise and worship. And a being of light came and, and spoke to me. I understood it to be an angel. And he said some things, most of which were, were private and personal that I, I can't share. But he did explain to me <clears throat> the meaning of this vision. And that is this. That everything flows from God. It passes through all things. And it returns back to him all things come from God and return back to him and in this transference of the power of God there was a music it was not like a music that we hear on earth it was like it was more like a vibrational energy that just seemed to pass more through me than me hearing I could feel it more than hear it. And the best description I can have of it was like standing next to an enormous waterfall like Niagara or Victoria and this immense sound energy that comes from this rushing of many waters and this vibrational energy of this transference of power, this heavenly music would pass through me 
at the same time. And then, that vision was gone, and I was back sitting on the floor with my family. Only lasted a brief moment that, of course, I've never forgotten. Why do you forget something like that? But the core understanding of that vision, all things come from God and return to Him. Now, in my attempt to explain the vision, I'm not trying to tell you that that's what heaven's going to look like when we get there. Different people have had visions of God, and they're all similar in some ways and different in many others. Um, Isaiah saw God as a king on his throne, and he said his train, that is his glory, fill the temple. Uh, Ezekiel, he saw God as being surrounded by wheels within wheels of electrum, whatever electrum is. But you get the idea, some kind of a pulsing energy. And in fact, I appreciate, you know, when Doug made the, the, the altar window, this image he has, picture he has of God, the symbol he has of God, it reminds me of that pulsating energy that the Bible calls the glory of God. And glory is kind of one of those words we use in church a lot, but we don't use in our everyday language. And so it some, maybe it doesn't have a real meaning to us, or what, and we don't know what it means, but that, but that pulsating energy, that power that creates and sustains all things in the universe and that ultimately return back to God. That is his glory and was so often seen by so many of the saints in the scriptures and out of the scriptures as, as indescribable light, infinite light, the glory of God. So the heaven, in the heavenly feast, we're not sitting down at a table with our favorite steak or even ice cream, but we are being fed by God of God. In the heavenly feast, we are fed by God of God. The heavenly hosts are consumed in the presence and the glory of God. They are consumed by the essence of God. The, the scriptures talk about union with God as a husband and wife who are made one, we will be consumed in God, made one with God. The church fathers put it in this way, which is always very difficult to say, much less to, to grasp. God became man so that man would become God. We will lose all that that separates us from God and become consumed in God, in this heavenly banquet. Now here's the good news. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to enjoy the banquet. Because God in his desire to give himself to us, to pour his glory into us, here in this light, he knew that as tangible creatures, as earthly creatures, we needed tangibility to relate to. And so God 
became flesh. God became man so that Jesus could teach us who God truly is, what he's truly like. God can, Jesus can point us to God and open the way to God so that we can experience him. And that flesh became bread and wine so that here and now we can be fed by God of God. See, we come to the Eucharistic table and we know because we've been taught and we read it in the prayer every morning. Thank you for remembering to read the prayer. I'm always forgetting that prayer. That the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ is here in the bread and the wine. And some of us believe it. Some of us get it. And a lot of us will say, well, I know that it's true because I've been taught it and I understand it and I believe it, but it, it just doesn't relate somehow. It still seems like this bread and wine to me. Well, in a physical sense, it is. That's the density of transubstantiation. The substance is transformed. The accidents remain the same. The spiritual reality is the very presence of God. The physicalness remains bread and wine, so don't be confused by that. But in the Holy Eucharist, we are fed by God of God. His glory that pours forth from the throne of God, that passes through the heavenly host and returns back to him, that glory pours forth from the throne of God. It comes into our mortal being in the bread and wine, the consecrated bread and wine, and it returns back to him in praise, in worship, in thanksgiving, in submission, and in service to God's people. In all these ways we return to God that glory he pours into us. For us, as in all things on this planet, and all things in this universe, are created by God, are sustained by God. And we are fed by God, empowered by God. Sustained by God so that we can ourselves return that glory, that energy, that power back to God. In worship, in praise, in thanksgiving, and in service to the people of God. When we come to the Eucharistic table today, one of the reasons I think we don't get it, or we can lose sight of it, is that we're so distracted by the physicality of life, we're so distracted by the struggles that we undergo, and we're so distracted by our doubts, by our lack of understanding. Why is God doing this? Why is God allowing this? Why did God allow me to grow old and feeble? <laughs> you know. But he does. And the truth is, he does that because he loves us. Through every day of our lives, whatever we're going through, whatever we experience, God has a plan, and it's our, it's our part in his plan to receive that power from God and return it back to him in praise, in worship, in thanksgiving, in submission, and in service to God's people. Allow yourself 
to take a risk. To take a risk. Not just to intellectually say, yeah, I believe this is the body and blood of Jesus. But to believe in your soul and allow the presence of God, the glory of God, to feed your innermost being. Allow His presence, His glory, His energy, His power to transform, to heal, to renew, to make you into something new and different. I know that's scary. Because we know ourselves the way we are. We get used to ourselves the way we are. Do we want to allow everything to change? Take a risk and believe. Give back that which God gives to you in praise, in worship, in thanksgiving, in submission, and in service to God's people.